Hi there, and welcome to It's Coming with Kim and Christine. I'm Kim. And I'm Christine. And we are sisters. And we are getting together every week in 2021 to talk about the signs of the second coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Christine and I are members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And so as we study the signs of the second coming, we will study it through the King James Version of the Bible, as well as the Book of Mormon and Modern Day Prophets. In today's episode, we are talking about the return of the 10 tribes. That's all I got. <laughs> I would say specifically re- the return of the lost 10 tribes. I, maybe that was implied. Before we start about this, this is a sign of the second coming, is that the 10 tribes will be found? Well, that they will return prior to Christ coming. And so in that way, it is a sign that we're getting close to his coming because they're going to return, which is going to be pretty phenomenal if you think about it. I think that a lot of times we, we think, oh, the gathering of the lost tribes is all about sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ with people because as people accept the gospel of Jesus Christ, they are gathered, which is true. But in addition to that, they are also prophesied to return as a group led by their prophets. In addition to the gathering that happens one-on-one through sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ, there will be a group of people that will return. So this is not just about lineage and discovering a person's lineage and knowing that all of the 10 tribes are accounted for. No, it's not. So if you go back to the Old Testament, you've got, first of all, just kind of rewind back to Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat real quick. So we had Israel, Jacob's name's changed to Israel. He had 12 sons. Each one of those sons, you know, and this goes prior to that, there was Abraham who was promised through the Abrahamic covenant that his seed would be as the sands of the sea. So then we've got that covenant passed down from generation to generation. And then we've got these 10 families. And if you've seen the the Broadway show or the play, then you see we've got Jacob and his coat of many colors and then all of his brothers. We've got 10 tribes that come from the lineage of these people. One of those brothers was Judah and his posterity make up the Jewish nation. The Jewish nation, you might say, is not lost necessarily because for the most part, if you're a Jew, you know you're a Jew. The tribes of Judah and Benjamin they kind of stayed together in the southern part of Israel. And the northern part is where the other 10 tribes all kind of gathered. Because they, they, they had a little riff over taxes. It's always about taxes, isn't it? <laughs> Family yeah. feuds. Okay. All well, about the taxes. Well, they were under Babylonian captivity. And the northern 10 tribes were like, we're not paying these taxes. And they like left. So anyway, we had this separation of people. So we've had the 10 tribes in this northern land and Judah and Benjamin in the southern part. And then what happened was they basically ran away and fled. I think they got sick and tired of being ruled by somebody else. So they hightailed it out of there. Kim, have you ever talked about or happened to have a copy of the Apocrypha? No. The Apocrypha is... It's a book of scripture. Up until sometime in the 1800s, it was actually part of the King James Version of the Bible. But the Catholic Church made some changes and they they took it out. But I actually bought myself a copy. It was this summer. 
it was so interesting because it tells more about these 10 tribes than we read about in the normal Old and New Testament. It talked about how when they left, the great river Euphrates was parted just like when Moses parted the Red Sea. So, I mean, that's like a pretty phenomenal miracle that didn't even make it into the Bible, (laughs) you know. Um, But it's also prophesied that when they return, it will do the same thing, which is interesting, too. You know what? Let me kind of go back a little because there are several prophecies about their return. For one thing, we're told that they went into a northern country where never mankind dwelt. That's what the scripture says. All 10 went to this northern land that had never been before. Yeah. So have you seen Christmas Chronicles 2? (laughs) No, that's because your kids aren't as young as mine are. You don't have to watch those movies anymore. (laughs) Oh, anyway, of course I have. (laughs) Um, And the funny, so in Christmas Chronicles 2, they've got like this, the North Pole, right? And somehow these two children get into, so the North Pole in that movie has like this sort of uh, this little shield dome over it so that no one can see Santa and his workshop. And the funny thing is, is when I was watching that, I'm like, maybe this is like where those lost 10 tribes are. (laughs) Because you think if there is a group of people, why don't we know about them? Where are they? We have satellites and drones. And how could we possibly have misplaced a large group of people for the last few thousand years. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I I, I just want to poke on that a little bit because it does kind of fight reason. And mostly because... It sounds crazy. When I think... <laughs> okay. But I, I can even get past that. Except I don't know that I can get past the concept that as we think about our lineage and our heritage and we think about our experiences as members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and our insight into our heritage we know that we that there is descendants from these tribes right just because a large group of them went does not mean that a hundred percent of them went okay yes is it also possible that this is somehow symbolic you know what uh i'm going to read to you a quote by james e talmage um he was a member of the quorum of the 12 apostles and he said this he said There is a tendency among men to explain away what they do not wish to understand in literal simplicity. And we as Latter-day Saints are not entirely free from the taint of that tendency. Some people say that prediction is to be explained away this way. A gathering is in progress and has been in the progress from the early days of this church. And thus the lost tribes are now being gathered. But that we are not to look for the return of any body of people now unknown as to their whereabouts true the gathering is in progress this is a gathering dispensation but the prophecy stands that the ten tribes shall be brought forth from their hiding place the land uh, the their hiding place land their scriptures shall come become one of the scriptures of the jews the holy bible and the holy and the scriptures of the nephites the book of mormon and the scriptures of the Latter-day Saints as embodied in the volumes of modern revelation. So they are going to return as a group. (laughs) Did it sound like I was calling you out on that, Kim? 
I think kind of like the last two questions that you asked me and I just said, no, you could have just said, no. <laughs> yeah, but it's better to take an apostle's word for it. You shouldn't ever just take anybody's <laughs> word for stuff, right? Not even if she has a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the, the short answer is no, Kim. There will be an actual literal gathering where these people will come. They have some prophetic leader where they yes. are. They will come. Yes. We're also but told we don't that they will bring their records with them. So it's funny. The other day I, I was looking, they just got these new scriptures on, um, I don't know, LDS bookstore or something like that. And they're really cool scriptures. Comes, They can come in like hot pink or like bright yellow. Have you seen them? I haven't, but I assume the contents are the same. They're yes. cool scriptures, but it's really just the Bible with cool colors. <laughs> it's true. They're not any different. They are the same contents. <laughs> but I actually had the thought of like, Oh, those are expensive. I think I'm going to wait till we also have the scriptures from the Lost Ten Tribes before I invest in them. <laughs> you know, it's good to be wise with our money, but is that is that going to happen in like a year or is this, when is, this when is this happening? Well, oh, that's a great question, Kim. I'm glad you asked. Um, <laughs> so um, we know that the city of the New Jerusalem will in part already exist in a way that it doesn't today. So I'm going to say not happening tomorrow, right? Because we know that when they when they return, they are going to return to the new Jerusalem. We also know that eventually they are actually going to settle in the old Jerusalem. That is their homeland. That's their through the Abrahamic covenant, that's their promised land. But for a while, we know that they are going to be in the new Jerusalem. So maybe, and I hate being a guesser. I don't want to be one of those guesser people, but maybe, you know, they return prior to the end of Armageddon, or maybe they're still cleaning up in that seven years of cleanup or something. Maybe for some reason, it's not good to go right to Jerusalem. So we do know that the new Jerusalem, which is going to be built here on this, the American continent will be a city of refuge and safety. So they first come here and the scriptures talk about a, a highway being cast up in the great deep. Isn't that phenomenal? You know, one of my favorite scriptures is in Jeremiah chapter 16, verses 14 through 15. It says that people aren't even going to talk about the parting of the Red Sea anymore because the re their return, the return of the 10 tribes will be so much more spectacular. So they're not just going to show up one day and be like, hey, peace, we're the 10 tribes. It's actually going to be more of an It's event. going to be so spectacular that it will one-up Moses and the Red Sea. That's pretty spectacular. Where are they? You got to go watch Christmas Chronicles too. It's the only clue I have. I don't know. <laughs> what does Christmas Chronicles 2 tell you? <laughs> It just says that there's like this dome over the North Pole. <laughs> okay, people are going to listen to this podcast and think that I'm serious. <laughs> I'm just kidding about the movie. <laughs> the bottom line is we hmm. don't know. We don't know where they are. We know that they went to the North and we know that they're going to come from the North. We know that John the Beloved has ministered to them. These are just some little things that we know. 
Um, we know that when Moses came to the Kirtland Temple, he gave the keys of the gathering, which included the leading of the 10 tribes from the land of the north. So that's just like, these are just little clues that we're getting from the scriptures. Those keys have been handed down to our current prophet, Russell M. Nelson. If he has passed on and someone has taken his place, then they will be handed down to that person until this happens. And so we know that when they come, our prophet here in this land is the one that actually holds the keys to direct their return. Exactly what that means, I don't know, but I know that that's the case. This is really interesting. I really think that, you know, it's one of these things you've kind of heard about, but you just assume like the gathering of Israel is kind of that whole spreading the gospel thing, right? I just have really been in that mindset. I never really thought about this being an actual literal people from another land show up in a miraculous way that brings attention. I'm just trying to envision this. It honestly is beyond imagination, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I think so too. Wilford Woodruff taught that when they return, they are going to first come to the New Jerusalem where they will receive the priesthood and their temple blessings. And then in Ether, um, chapter 13, verse 11, we read that they will eventually settle in the old Jerusalem. Fascinating. Fascinating. Now, I'll read another quote. It's uh, from Orson Pratt, who is a member of the first quorum of the 12 apostles, like the, the first in this dispensation. He said this, he said, how long will they who come from the North countries tarry in the heights of Zion? Some time. They've got to raise wheat, cultivate the grape, wine, and oil, raise flocks and herds, and their souls will have to become as a watered garden. They will dwell in Zion a good while, and during that time, there will be 12,000 chosen out of each of these 10 tribes, besides the 12,000 that will be chosen from Judah. Joseph and the remaining tribes, 144,000 in all. Chosen for what? To be sealed in their foreheads. For what purpose? So that the power of death and pestilence and plague that will go forth in those days, sweeping over the nations of the earth, will have no power over them. These parties who are sealed in their foreheads will go forth among all people, nations and tongues, and gather out and hunt out the house of Israel wherever they are scattered and bring as many as they possibly can into the church of the firstborn, preparatory to the great day of the coming of the Lord, 144,000 missionaries, quite a host. All of this has got to take place. And that kind of takes us to our next podcast because we're going to talk about the 144,000 in our next podcast. There's a lot to unpack there. (laughs) Yeah, there is. Yeah. And some of that comes from the Old Testament. Some of it is from Revelations chapter 7. Some of it's from Doctrine and Covenants section 77. And the Apocrypha, like I said, is quite interesting because it Can I read a little bit from here? Sure. In the Apocrypha, in the book of Ezra, in chapter 13, in verse 40, it says, Those are the ten tribes which were carried away prisoners out of their own land in the time of Osea the king. And then it kind of goes on a little bit. And it says, And go forth into a further country where never mankind dwelt. And then if you hop down to verse 46, it says, Then dwelt they there until the latter time. And now when they shall begin to come, the highest shall stay the springs of the stream again. Talking about how like they're again, they're going to have the river Euphrates dry, which they also make reference to in the book of Isaiah. So it's pretty, pretty spectacular because we already know that 
that there's going to be a highway cast up out of the great deep that leads them from the land north to the new Jerusalem. But then when they go back to the old Jerusalem, instead of like going over a bridge or something, <laughs> they're going to like have the parting of the river Euphrates, it sounds like. Anyway, they, they've got style. That's what I'm saying. They've got style. I guess. They are making an entrance <laughs> exactly. when they come. I have one more thought on that, and this is when we think about all of these signs of the second coming and we think about our modern media as it is today, it just makes me wonder, as there will become a division in all things from good and bad, will there be media stations that will cover these signs of the second coming, or will they just not because they speak too much of the fact that our Savior's coming? I think they're still just going to be covering Trump's tweets. <laughs> yeah, right? Right? Like, I just wonder, like, how much of this will happen where we'll really have visibility and insights, even though the technology exists, right? It um, is, it's hard to imagine. It really is. It just really is hard to imagine. So I think that maybe that's what we need somebody to do is build a media company that does nothing but broadcast the signs of the second coming. You it know, honestly, I think Glenn Beck has already done that. <laughs> oh, is that what Glenn is that what Glenn Beck's doing these days? <laughs> he has his own company and he totally is yeah, he's 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 just a a voice for truth out there. Yeah. <laughs> excellent i was just reading his christmas sweater oh, yeah. book the other day getting myself ready for christmas and then i just decided i didn't feel like crying so i didn't finish it <laughs> well you know it'll make your eyelashes fall off <laughs> exactly <laughs> gotta protect these fake eyelashes too much water they don't okay stay kim and i have just recently started trying out these fake eyelashes yes. anyway Yes, it has become a thing. One of our sisters started it. She started to wear them. And somehow, because she looks fabulous every time so she's on Marco Polo. I mean, the, she's always been a lovely, so lovely woman. But wow. She, <laughs> she looks fabulous. So we've all taken to the fact that, I mean, maybe she is just beautiful and that is what it is. But I guess we've all blamed the eyelashes <laughs> and given credit there. So somehow yeah, Maybe we're just one, one small purchase away from fabulous ourselves. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. So there can be no crying because crying eyelashes will fall right. off eventually. They can't take it. Can't rub my eyes. No crying. All right. Let's end it with a umbrella. Speaking speaking of water, <laughs> let's think rain and okay. give me an umbrella. I'm give you one from Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31, which says, But they that wait upon the Lord, which I just want to interject. My kids are like, why can't we just read one scripture without you interjecting? Anyway, because it's my <laughs> podcast. So I <laughs> anyway, I really ruined that scripture. Where was I? They that wait upon the Lord. And like, that's what we're doing right now is we're waiting upon the Lord and we're looking for his coming and we're waiting for him and we're looking for the signs and we are striving to be obedient to him and, and his gospel and be his servants. So. So he's talking about us. That was a really long way for him to say he's talking about us. Yeah, I'll, I'll interject on that as well because I'm also an interjector of <laughs> scriptures while trying to just do one verse. Uh, 
I will say that when we think about waiting on the Lord, I want to make one or two comments on that is number one is that all of us wait on the Lord when we are feeling hard things in our lives. Those hard things are what really cause us to kind of look to heaven and wait and say, when, right? When, how much more? When will I be relieved of this? And I also want to say that waiting on the Lord does not, at least in my life, and and I would love to hear those who are having different experiences. I'd love to hear from them. But for me, waiting on the Lord has not been an experience of sitting on a bench by the beach. <laughs> it's It's been hard work. It's been painful. It's been some stretching times and stretching moments. When I think about waiting on the Lord, I think that's hard work. I do not think it's in our Uggs and our Snuggie. (laughs) (laughs) Or our flip-flops and shorts on the beach, just hanging out, waiting. All right, go on, waiting on the Lord. That's I know I'm waiting on the Lord. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. Which I think is just a really fantastic promise that as we do that, that the Lord will renew our strength and we will mount up as wings with wings as eagles. This really does feed right into what I was thinking because when I said it's hard work, it's like building muscle, right? So that's is we wait on the Lord. It's hard and we are waiting for his coming and we are, you know, just saying, all right, whenever you're ready to get here, I'm ready for you to come. But that period of trial that causes us to feel like we're waiting on the Lord, it really does strengthen us. I feel like that's what that scripture is telling us. And I feel in my life, I can just testify to the truthfulness of that feeling of just, I'm better and I'm stronger than I was prior to the last trial. And I think that's a a really clear scripture that we can exercise faith in that promise. Excellent. I love it. I love it. And I know that that's true. So thanks for that, Christine. Thanks, Kim. So next time we'll talk about the 144,000. All right. So much to dig in on that one. Okay. Talk to bye you bye. soon.